What's crowding in the garage? I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. We have our second movie for October. And initially we called it The Devil Made Me Do It. And I don't know if that applies for this movie. Um, I, yeah, well, it's, somebody made him do it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it works thematically. I mean, it, it, it works. W- yeah, yeah, yeah. Put away the magnifying glass. Maybe finger quotes around devil. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And what is the devil? Well, yeah. What is the devil? What is the devil? <laughs> we have, so we have 2003's The Order from Ray Hecklin, who wrote and directed like he usually does. I, I thought what was fun about this right off the bat is when you're watching the beginning, watching the credits and everything, that he brought back four principles from Knight's Tale from just a couple years earlier. You know, our lead, Heath Ledger, of course, and Shannon Sossaman and Mark Addy. I, and I love Mark, too. It's I so do. Funny. Mark Addy's great. And he's yeah. so good in this. Yeah. And it's funny. It took me a long time to kind of get settled back in because the most Mark Addy I had seen in a really long time was the show he did with Jamie Kurtz. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I recognized him immediately. I mean, I hadn't seen this movie since it came out 20 years ago, but uh, when I, the first moment I saw him, I was like, oh fuck, it's Friar Tuck. Cause he was Friar Tuck in the uh, Russell Crowe uh, right, Robin, Robin Hood. Hood. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. For Ridley Scott. But yeah, but the, the, the TV show that he did with them, he, he and he was great on the show. And of course it was Jamie Kurtz. Come on, I'm in for that. And that was a fun, that was a really fun show. So I had watched in between all of his movies, I had watched so much of that that when I try to go back to watch something that happened before that, like this, it was kind of an adjustment, but he's great in it. He's, but he's always great and stuff. I've always found him very enjoyable in everything he does. Yeah. He's always, he's always fun. Like whatever, whatever's happening, like you're, you know, you, you know, you're always into, he, he always brings a good energy to whatever he does too. Right. Right. And, but really, even though Heath Ledger's the star of the movie, I think you and I were most giddy and, and most excited about Peter Weller being in Dude, this. Dude, I totally <laughs> forgot Weller was in it until he fucking shows up and you hear his voice and you're like, holy shit, I miss yeah. fucking Peter Weller. That's how, that's why I texted you. I was like, God damn, I miss Peter Weller. Yeah. And he fucking killed it, dude. He's so good. And it. it's just so, so good. And I think it was the first time in this movie too, is also maybe the first time I ever seen him completely bald. I mean, he's shaved bald. Right. You saw that on Sons of Anarchy that you that kind of look that he has here. This was the beginning right. of that look that you see yeah. in his later work. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, what I've seen him in recently is things like Longmire, you know, Sons of Anarchy. But I mean, this was like this was two thousand three, so it wasn't this wasn't too long off of things like you know Screamers and you know whatever else he was doing. But like it was you know for him to show. But dude, he is so good in this man, and, yep. and his voice is so recognizable. Like right, yep. like. When you hear him, you're like, it literally, you, you immediately like, what if, even if you weren't paying super close attention in that opening scene where, you know, people are taking communion, the moment you hear Weller talk, you're like, what? Yep. And not to spoil anything, they did a great job disguising his voice. Yeah, totally. You know, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, yeah, this, this movie's crazy, dude. I mean, you know, plus I, I've never seen, uh, I was telling you, I have not seen a lot of Heath Ledger movies. I right. think three. This 10 Things I Hate About You, and obviously the, the Batman movie. Um, the rest of them, zero. Uh, so I've not seen Knight's Tale. I mean, I know we talked with Alan Graff about it during his episode because he was the stunt coordinator. But I do. So who else? So Sossaman, Mark Addy, Ledger, who else is in uh, Knight's Tale? Ben, ben O'Furman? <laughs> it, it was the kid. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Plays uh, young Alex in that, yeah. Or not yet, not young Alex, uh, young uh, um, uh, young Eden. Gotcha. 
And speaking of William Eden, the the baddie in the movie, Beto Furman is so fucking good in this. Right, dude. You know, it's funny because when he first showed up, I, I couldn't remember. And I for a moment, I thought he was, uh, what's, the, what's the actor's name? You know who I'm talking about. He's in, um, oh, shit. Now I'm drawing a blank. Peter Fascinelli <laughs> at first. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I was like, Peter Fascinelli's never been this good. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, that's not him, you know. Uh, but d- d- remarkably close lookalike, right? Like if you, you know, for a moment I was like, is that him? And I then, then you know, some time went by and I'm like, oh, no, it's not him. But yeah, he's great in this movie. Yeah, and he's been interweaving doing uh, German films and, and doing American films. And you know how much I love Speed Racer. Yep. He's an inspector detector in that. And he's, <laughs> he's great in this, dude. Like, and if you look at him now, you wouldn't think that he looks, he looks a lot older now than just 20 years because he's a super handsome dude in the movie. And, he, and you're and you're right away. And this is another thing too I love about movies around this time. You could put all these guys in a lineup and you know who the bad guy was. Yeah, absolutely. Just by the look. And right. And there's a little bit of deflection going on. There's a little bit of misdirection. There's happening a lot here. of, well, you know what this movie does really well is everybody who's casting it. They, they all look like they could be the bad guy. I mean, right. down from, you know, from, from the guy who plays Dominic, his uh, mentor, um, you know, the guy that was it, the guy who plays the bishop. They all right. look evil. And I want Richard Bremer, the bookstore owner. I mean, right. look, they all have, I mean, don't all these guys just look like, I don't know, man. This, this, what I love about this movie is it is very vibey. There is certainly, there's a, there's a mood and they, and it's so European and so like weird <laughs> and like right. when they Rosalinda Caliento, Calatano, Celitano, uh, the faraway eyes girl. I mean, everywhere and everywhere they go, that bar they go into. Dude. And those two creepy fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, man. Those two creepy kids who keep showing up <laughs> everywhere. I mean, this movie is moody as shit. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Ledger's quite good in it. Uh, yep. You know, he, he's very brooding, obviously. I mean, I, get, right. I you know, I, like I said, I'm only familiar with, it's funny because I got three versions of him. I've got the 10 Things I Hate About You version where he's like this, like, hey, he's like this kind of cool, like, you know, maybe he's not the brightest dude, but he's fun. And he's, he, and then this, he's super serious. And then he's the Joker. So right. he's actually quite good in this movie. And his, you know, the scenes with him and Sossaman and him and Furman, they're, I mean, dude, that, it does, you know, it's, it's kind of, I'm shocked this movie didn't do, didn't do more. I mean, I know there's some shortcomings, but I'm shocked that this movie wasn't a bigger hit, especially at this time. Yeah. Well, you know what? There's a couple of things. The movie was supposed to come out. They were going to dump it in February of 2002. And um, the, the, the effects didn't go over so well. And we talked recently about how 2000 CG kind of sucks. I like what they did with this. I liked how they didn't try to do something photorealistic and they were, inca- they were incapable of doing it. They had this, these Gaussian blur abyss kind of liquid effects that you don't even see a lot. You just see it when the right. sin eater is taking on all the sin. And I thought that was really well done. It didn't, I mean, yeah, it feels, it feels even that you could have done this like in the late, 20 teens. You know what I mean? It yeah, doesn't feel totally. like it's early 2000s. Right. Um, but it got delayed a year. It got delayed till September of 2003. But I think where it hurt it, 
Because Heath Ledger was a draw, man. Chicks were digging him. Yeah. The, the name of the movie. Yeah, The Order, man. It's just so generic. Like it, And it doesn't really seem to like fall in line with anything that's going on. I don't, I don't know what The Order is because I've, it, it's never explained. Like, no. I was waiting for Weller to drop some exposition or somebody to, you know, so I would get this ancient order, you know, but it never happens. Right. So, <laughs> yes, I'm going to say the name. But what you see in the movie is Benno is a, he's a sin eater and his job is just to go around. He's been around for centuries and he's, you, you they don't really say if he's a demon. You don't say if he's the devil. He's right. just, the, they're very generic when they say he's a sin eater, but you figure out pretty quickly what it, what, what the job does and what it means. But he's, he kind of works alone. So what's the order? Right. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking. I was driving home from work and this is what I thought. Maybe we're not, we shouldn't be taking it in the literal sense, like it's the order means a group of people the way we- It keeps order. It keeps order. Exactly. Yeah. I see where you're going with it. Yeah. Right. If you're a female film goer and you, and you fell in love with this guy with 10 things I hate about you and then carry that over to the night's tale and you're still kind of digging that, that early twenties brooding Heath Ledger, you're looking forward to this movie and like, oh, I have no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah, I, I just think it's, you know, the, the, the title, I mean, you know, it's like we'd laugh if you Google the order. It's not even the first, it's not even the first five things that comes out. I think the Van Damme movie comes out before it. Right. It's the, two two different things of Law and Order uh, and a Jude Law movie hasn't even come out yet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and one of Van Damme's uh, 2000, you know, movies from 2000, which... Which does have an order, which there is an order of, you know, weird church things going on. But yeah, I mean, what I do like about the movie is, like you said, the, the effects, what they are, aren't super dated. They, no. You know, because they didn't, thank God, dude, that whatever they, whatever they had planned didn't work. And then, you know, so they just went with the less is more because it, this could have easily been laughable, like the whole sin eating part. And I'm not going to throw any other movies under the bus, but I, I can name right. a few that should have followed the, this down this path. But everybody in this movie, I mean, is really fucking doing it. I mean, I feel like there's not a bad performance in the movie. I mean, right. you know, I wanted to kind of know more about, I mean, you do get to know a little bit about his past uh, with Shannon Sossman's character, Mara. Um, I kind of wanted to know a little bit more about because it, 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 they're, they're doing a good job of explaining it. And then it sort of becomes nebulous toward the end. And I, and I don't know if that's that they added, there's some stuff that didn't make into the movie. Or if Benno, you know, is, is clouding that. And it, it's, and it's, it's, or it's an intentional storytelling thing. I'm not sure. But everybody's doing solid work across the board. I mean, and, and Weller, dude, you know, the, the big twist. I mean, I don't think it's, I, I'm pretty sure you saw it coming. I saw it coming, but I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Again, great job of disguising his voice. Yeah. But the, talk about the effects real quick. One of the reasons why it got delayed was the effects. But there was a great quote that I found in, in the trivia section here. And uh, there was an anonymous quote that to, said to Variety Magazine, the, the effects that they fixed said this, they were depicting sins exiting the human body after, looking, after death. They look like calamari. Now, if you've seen the final movie, you can kind of see if they did a bad version of that, how it would look like it would look like squid. No, so I thought that was kind of clever, but yeah, clever totally. wording. But when you know Willers in this movie, if you don't see him helping the lead, he's fucking the lead. 
And I don't mean like sexually, I mean like fucking them over. Yeah. So there's no surprise when that reveal happens. There's something of interest too. Again, we've talked about Benno and how good he is in the movie and, and how much we both really enjoy Heath Ledger. And your limited intake of his work is says a little bit more too about it. But do they originally had Antonio Banderas playing that part? Huh. And then there was just some argument with Fox about it. And um, uh, Vincent Cassell was originally cast as Eden. And he had creative differences three weeks before they got started shooting. I could see that. So this this movie had its bumps and bruises even before they actually started shooting. That Banderas thing goes back to 99. This movie was in production hell for a little while just from cast coming and going. And it probably benefited it because you imagine if it had gone into production 99, even with what we got, even with the cast that we got and nothing, none of these other... Uh, casting differences the cg would have suffered those two years were massive in between what what we would have gotten in 2000 when the movie came out probably right in 2003 when we did finally get it it's interesting like you know you think about the the, this you know the progression of getting this movie actually getting it from page to what we see in the end product and i can't imagine what this movie would have been like with Banderas, Vincent Cassell, and Peter Weller. I don't know if Peter Weller is in the movie with those other two guys. Right. You know what I mean? I agree. I, I was looking at this, uh, you know, on, it says on the DVD, there's a deleted scene in which Thomas wields a flaming sword, a biblical reference as Adam Eve are expelled from the Garden of Eden. Right. God places an angel. It's like last week we talked about like, damn it, where can I get this DVD? Because I kind of want to see what this scene <laughs> looks like. Because I kind of want to see what this flaming sword looks like and to see why it was cut out, whether it just didn't work or whether, you, you know, you'll know. <laughs> or there was, nope, that's why they cut it out. It looks like fucking Ghost Rider part one. This is two weeks in a row now that we've had that where there's deleted scenes that really sound intriguing. Unfortunately, the stigmata deleted scenes drastically changed the movie there were reshoots and the reshoots are what we see in the final product as opposed to the original ending i anticipate that happening more than once this month even beyond these two movies um just because i think the bulk of the stuff that we're covering this month are from a certain window of time where we are seeing these extras actually hit optical disc and so we're able to see these things and also, all these movies that we're covering were fairly mid to, you know, they, were, they, weren't, they weren't like five or six million dollar movies where they, no. you know, I mean, they're, they're big movies. So a lot of these pieces that are going to be cut out were cut out by, you know, there were nine, 19 people sitting in a room going, no, we don't need this. Or, you know, discussing the various visual effects and this, that and the other, um, you know. Right. Some of it probably for the best, some of it maybe not. Who knows? I mean, but I do love the fact, and, and that's a thing, man, that, you know, you, that I, I really do miss about, about, you know, the lack of physical media being readily available. Um, like you can't just go to a video store and rent something anymore. You know, you can go to the library, but it's, it's limited what you're going to find. But, you know, that's the thing about streaming, which does suck, right. is that we, we don't get this kind of stuff and we don't get like, audio commentaries and we don't get all that stuff but i mean you know i guess people who you know people who are into streaming don't give a shit about that i think no and and i think that's the problem too is like the more that the studios care less about uh the more they care about streaming the less they're going to care about optical and then so when something and we're finding this happening more and more 
that things are just going out of print. They're just yep. like, we're, we're not going to waste the resources anymore making physical media. And that's why I, it's funny since we started doing this show, how many things it's recent and it's more recent stuff too, that, that just not readily available. Like, okay. When we covered the others last month. Yeah. I mean, it's a movie that is well-read, well-seen. It has a pretty large fan base for it. And all our feelings about it aside doesn't change the fact that even with that fan base, it doesn't exist on physical media on top of not being able to rent the motherfucker. Yeah. I mean, that just, to me, doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's real hard to find. Like the, the, these last three, mo- well, two of the last three movies that we've covered the others and stigmata super hard to find like anywhere. Like, you know, you got to buy a used copy and, and they're pricey. Yeah. And I would suggest not buying the others for many reasons. The first one being this, the, the sound quality on that DVD is fucking atrocious. It's terrible. It's the worst. And then if you listen to the episode, I don't need to fucking rehash it. What I was going to say, and I meant to say it last week when we were covering Stigmata, you know who you know who I want to know? I want Shannon Sprout's opinion on these two movies. I want to know what Shannon Sprout thinks of these two movies. She loves the others. Yeah, well, I don't want to hear that. When I hear, <laughs> when I want to know what you think of Stigmata, and I want to know what you think of the order. I don't know, you know, I'll give you a pass on the others. <laughs> Again, like I said, I need somebody smarter than me to explain to me why I need to give a shit about that movie because it is snoozeville. But she did say that she hadn't seen it in a long time. Well, there so you go she, because she I hadn't seen it in a long time either, and I and I thought I liked it, and then I do, then I didn't, <laughs> then I realized I don't. We couldn't. Have, she could have having the same experience the three yeah, of us had for so. sure. I mean, yeah. it, it's not like it was just one of us. I mean, because I was excited about doing it. And it just, it, but dude, like, you know, it was, it was rough, as you could tell. Right. You and I are going to, we're going to be on the page, on the same page for most of the stuff that we talk about. And, you know, our derivatives are, you know, are slight. But we're more alike than most people when they talk about a movie or a TV show. So to have Whitney on and talk about, again, from... Right. Well, she's, she's, yeah, she's, she's like, um, she's like the voice of reason and right. even she's like mm, boring. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's an interesting thing. I, my, my thing is I just come curious because Shannon's probably, Shannon probably saw both these movies in a, both of these movies in the theater, I would imagine. Probably, maybe, yeah. maybe not the order, but definitely Stigmata, I would bet she saw. I'm just curious, Tom, I'd like to know what Tom thinks of both of these movies as well. Yeah. Just because there are people who, you know, usually throw feedback. So I'm just like, you know, I just want to know, you have Corey and I lost our fucking minds and we're talking, we're, we're talking up these movies that everybody fucking hates. And they're like, what the fuck are you guys watching? Why do you guys seriously. Like, stop taking edibles? Whatever the fuck you're doing. These movies are terrible. I think, well, that's the problem. It's key. Imagine if we had taken edibles and watched the others. I wouldn't no. remember. I would have fallen asleep. I would have gotten up and left. I, would have, <laughs> I wouldn't have wanted to waste my high. No, I would have just found them. I would have just enough energy in my thumb to like put it on something else. Yeah, I would have turned it, I would have turned it off. I would have thought, hey, at least meeting up with meeting up with you and having coffee at Bodai was the highlight of me getting that movie from you. Yeah, I would and have that's still it off. the case. And that's all you'd remember. <laughs> oh, what? Yes, it was coffee, you bastards. Oh shit! But yeah, we were talking about the devil made me do it because at this time, at this point, end of the millennium, first few years of into, to the early two thousands, you right. know, everybody's making a fucking devil movie, dude. Jesus, right. there's so many of them. I mean, I could rattle them off and on. You know, you know, since we picked these movies. 
literally they just keep coming up in my algorithm because you know, like right. fallen showed up, blessed the child showed up, the ninth gate showed up and things that, you know, right. I mean, there are more than you can even imagine. I mean, I would even go back to like, I would say maybe the first one was prophecy with walking. Right. Right. That's what it is. It's the end of the world. Walken's the fucking angel of death. Viggo Mortensen is the devil. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, uh, so a 10-year stretch where Hollywood is kind of obsessed with uh, angels and devils. And we picked these four that we picked because, yeah, like, again, I don't, I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody else talking about them. So, but I'm enjoying the shit out of them. Right. Like we did, we talked about with stigmata and just in general of how we were in that Y2K thing. Everybody's worried about the end of the world. So it kind of fit. Now that we know a little bit more about the production and where this movie was, this, they had every intention of dropping this. In 2000. Oh, yeah. So, but you're right. Was, and I can't speak about one of them being that, but the, definitely the last one is very much this kind of thing. And Oh, yeah. And that one is, that's definitely the standout, the last one we're going to have for the month. Uh, yes, I remember it. Absolutely. But these two movies, again, not having seen them before, Stigmata, Stigmata I saw years ago, but so it, it had been so long, I forgot so much about it. But this one, are we talking about the music and Stigmata being very Nine Inch nails Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, industrial. And what did I say to you a very, just a short while into, the, into watching The Order? I said, I love the visuals on it. I mean, the very first half, well, first third of the movie looks quite different than the rest of the movie. And I don't know why that is. I felt like the the grading changed or something. Not, it had to have been intentional, but it looked really great at the beginning. And musically, you get the you had the chance. I really felt everything fit with what was going on on screen. Oh, it yeah. wasn't just needle drops. It wasn't just, hey, no. this is the style of music we're playing in this movie, even though it doesn't fit right here, here it is. Which is funny because I would say the reason I never saw... Um, What's the other fucking movie they, they did? Uh, Night's Tale. Because that the trailer with all the modern music, I was like, fuck you. Right. And this is absolutely the opposite. I like the Night's Tale one. Yeah. Because I initially it turned me off too, but when I saw it, I'm like, oh, I liked it. So. Yeah, it's just a movie. Like I said, I, I just never, I never came across it. The trailer didn't do anything for me. And, you know, it, obviously it wasn't a movie that I was, you know, it wasn't something that I was like, oh, I got to see that. It just seemed, you know. Like I said, I haven't seen a lot of Heath Ledger, although I did see, there is one more Heath Ledger movie I did see, I realized. It was called Ned Kelly, and it was with him and Orlando Bloom. <laughs> okay, I, I was going to bring it up, but I figured out. No, I have seen Ned it, Kelly. I was like, but I okay, can't but tell, tell you. <laughs> no, okay, but say, you need to say what you said to me in text last night. I said, it's funny, in, my, in hindsight, I confuse Heath Ledger and Orlando Bloom from that time period <laughs> the same way that I confuse... Um, Bill Pullman, Bill Paxton, and uh, Jeff Daniels in the in the eighties. Like you know, I have to really think about it, or maybe even look it up to see which one was in the movie. Right, you're, you're not confused if they happen to be in the same scene together. You're just you, like you just right. you're like going by your memory. Hey, correct. You, what, what, like who, what which, movie were you in? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like which one was in that movie? And yeah. yeah. So yeah, for, so for them to be in a, the same movie together, and I think Bloom was like the lead in that movie, if I remember right. I, I mean, I, I again saw it once like 20 years ago, but I think Bloom was probably the bigger star at that point because of the Rings movies, I think. Because 2003, where he's not Legolas anymore, now he's... He's a guy from Elizabethtown? <laughs> no, he's Pirates, man. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. See, yeah, yeah. again... I, that could have been Heath Ledger. I, so you said that I didn't even think about Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. 
So yeah, there you go. So he was probably, you know, again, so my sample size for Heath Ledger movies is small, but I do like the ones that I've seen. And I like him in the ones that, I, that I've remembered him. I remember him being good in Ned Kelly. Uh, he's very good in this. He's believable. There's, you know, there's never the moment where he breaks down. Why? You know, I was like, oh God, please don't let him fall on his knees and fucking, and the camera shoot up over his head. <laughs> don't give me that moment. Okay. I'm going to correct myself. So before, just this is Orlando Bloom I'm talking about here, 97 was his first feature in a movie called Wild and then didn't get anything again until 2001 with the first Lord of the Rings and just before that Black Hawk Down, then Two Towers, then Ned Kelly, then the first Pirates movie. Okay. So like Ned Kelly came out three months before Pirates of the Caribbean and then later in the year Return of the King came out. So. I would have to say maybe they were kind of even keel, but if you look at the if you look at the poster, they're kind of. I would say that I would say Heath Ledger's face is a little bit bigger. Yeah, I don't see. I don't remember seeing Ned Kelly. I, I found it in a video store. Like you know, there was a video store that was close to where I lived. Yeah, you know when you could go to the video store, and it was just one of those movies that you know I was like, oh, that looks cool, and I knew what Ned Kelly was because I'd seen the Mick Jagger version. You know, so I rented it, and it was. But I'm going to definitely say I rented it after I'd seen Lord of the Rings because I knew Orlando Bloom was in a Lord of the Rings. So I'm going to say that I saw it on video after I'd seen the Lord of the Rings movie, at least the first mm-hmm. one. Right. Yeah, I mean, but again, I don't know who which I don't know which one was which, or you know, they, I just think they were both like a couple of handsome dudes that you know that they were you know they were kind of fighting for their there can be only one moment, but really to me it's more like Bill Pullman, Jeff Daniels in those early days, like sometimes like clouded, like I'm like which one was in while you were sleeping, which one is in uh, something wild, oh yeah, it's it's Daniels, it's you know it's the same thing. I'm not trying to you know downplay anything. I'm just like in my memory. Like I said, I've seen four Heath Ledger movies and probably not the important ones that everybody would you know, be like, I can't believe you haven't seen that. Well, I just haven't. Everybody's got holes, dude. Ask me about some Eric Roberts movies. Seen them all. Like if we were talking about Heath Ledger standouts for me, and I mean, I mean, people are going to go over the obvious one, but Lords of Dogtown for me was huge. I, I love I, Lords of Dogtown. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, no, have I seen, no, I've not seen Lords of Dogtown. Yeah, I haven't seen might, it. Did you saw, you saw the doc? I saw the doc, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw the movie. It's Catherine Hardwick, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I never yeah. saw the movie, but I, I've seen the doc. It was so cool because, I mean, Stacey Peralta wrote, wrote the thing, and he was also involved in the doc. And now I worked on the doc um, when I worked. I did. I helped do the sound on it. And the doc is fucking tremendous. I love the shit out of it. So one of the things, too, like about Dogtown, it was like, it, it, well, I mean, the feature film, not the not the documentary. It's Heath Ledger, Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch was kind of like doing his thing. And Knoxville, I think Knoxville in that was probably the first standout thing I thought, I think I saw him in there where it wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't the ringer or anything like that. Um, playing Topper Brooks. And again, if you're familiar with Powell Peralta and Squad and everything came out of the SoCal and the skating scene, you'd, you'd know who these people are a little bit more. By, um, but the movie's fantastic. I love the shit out of it. Um, Rebecca DeMornay is also in it. It's a solid ass movie, and and but that's one that other stands for for Heath Ledger for me. But the order, I have to say, I really found it to be um, not what I expected, and it was really enjoyable. I want to watch it again uh, just so I can kind of take it in. But unfortunately, the drag about it is I, I had to rent it just to see it, and. I, I don't know if I'll pick it up on Blu-ray, but the order really found to be enjoyable, almost to the point I almost watched my rental again before we recorded. 
No, I, I, do, I told you, I watched it twice because I was like, fuck, watched you it know twice. I mean? Yeah. Uh, because the first time I watched it, it, it was... Uh, You're distracted. Well, no, I wasn't even distracted. I watched it and then a couple, like, I think two, like a day went like, and I was like, fuck, I should watch it again because, you know, it's 48 hour rental, but I, I wanted it to be fresh in my mind because I, I was like, I clouded it. I was like, God, now I can't watch any of these other fucking movies. I got What am I going to watch in between? Right. Dude, it was just as enjoyable the second time. And actually it was more enjoyable the second time. I think you should watch it again. I think you'll totally, you'll catch a lot more because I caught a lot more things. Some of the questions I had after the first viewing made sense. Um, watching it again, like some of the dialogues and stuff. I refer to um, Benno as being the baddie. In a lot of ways, he, there is, there's no real bad guy. There is guy. no bad guy, really. Well, it's just the order. Here's the order of things in life, and then as opposed to an order of people. And it's really, right. I, I, I'm, I can see why they kept the name because they thought they were being clever. Once you see the movie, it's supposed to click, but, but here it is. It wasn't until we started talking that it hit me. Right. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what it means. Yeah. The order of, yes, the natural order, maybe, you know. Maybe so, yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite parts of the movie, again, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I like that once, and again, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil a little bit, so here it comes. When he becomes the sin eater and he lays Weller out like that, (laughs) so fucking rad, dude. So good, yeah. Because I mean, everybody in the movie, with the exception of Addy and Sossaman, everybody is kind of shitty. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, they they ultimately become something that you wouldn't consider to be a good guy. So that's kind of like where I have to. Right. If there was a paladin in this movie, it's Addy. He's like the fucking yeah. righteous fucking soldier, right? Yep. Oh, that opening sequence with him chasing that fucking guy through the fucking city, yes. throwing holy water on him. I mean, that, so the, the movie good. starts with a bang. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want. I just want to talk about Sossaman for a moment. There yeah. is something about her performance, man. It is so like in everything. Well, yes, it is in everything. She seems so. I don't know. It's the eyes. It's it's it's. It, there's just something so honest about what she's saying to you. Even in, even her bit and kiss, kiss, bang, bang, dude. Everything she does. There's this, I don't want to say aloofness. There's this, this calm and comfortableness of being in, on set and being in front of the camera and just being in the moment. I, I don't know. There's some people say there's one note, but no, there's something that says, uh, so there's something to be said about somebody, whether it's 40 days or 40 nights, this rules of attraction. She just, she just fits. Yeah. Totally. And if you think that she's like, like she's in this movie where she's always low key like that and really relaxed, well, just watch 48s and 49s. You you get that, but then you get, you you, you get more of a, of a performance there too. It's, it's, she's, again, like you said, she's very, yes, she's easy on the eyes. I'm not going to, that's not, but that's not no, what no, it is. She's, I mean, the, she's cam- the camera but, loves her. There's not yeah, even, that's absolutely. not even a question. Um, but it's just, but there's plenty of people that have been, that the camera loves that just sure. can't act. And there's just something natural about what she does. Right. And also you can tell, I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I don't know this for sure. I'm just guessing that her and Ledger were maybe a couple, you know, between this movie and Night's Tale, you know, but their, their, their scenes together are super tender, man. I mean, you, right. I mean, literally when she's talking about how she fell in love with a man that can't love her back, you know what I mean? It's, right. it, it, it really, you feel like she's not just talking about the movie. I don't know any of that, but that's just, that's the way I feel about it. So whether that's just her performance and it, it just feels that true or whether it's, it is, the, it's a true statement she's saying either way, I just, 
find her delivery of her dialogue in this movie and just just her in general the scene where he shows up where benno shows up i don't want to ruin it but you know what i'm saying the scene where yeah. benno shows up and they have their thing there did it remind you a little bit of highlander <laughs> no not at all no i just mean where he's chasing her up the stairs the kurgan shows up but there's no ramirez there obviously but <laughs> when he shows up at the end to talk to her i just thought and that was like going dude just Help sell the Lost Boys thing to me, and I—I'm pretty sure I said this pre-Mike, but I really think there's there's the the trio there of Sossaman, Benno, and Ledger. I really feel like there's this the triangle, if you will, of Lost Boys is right there. It's almost oh, yeah. it's almost the same story, and uh, and it's fine. It's not a knock at all. It's um, but you don't notice it until you get to that point. I'm like, oh, now I'm seeing that. Another thing too, I love how Addy keeps pushing. I'm like, dude, you know what? <laughs> you, well, you need to go have sex with that girl. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you right. Stop being a priest. Be a man. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, you know, it's definitely uh, yeah. I mean, again, but again, uh, you know, as as we go back into stigmata, you know, what is Burns' line in stigmata when she asks him, "Don't you miss having sex with women?" And he's like, "I just gave up one complication for another." You know? Yeah. And she was so sure he never had sex before, and he's like going. I wasn't born a priest. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, exactly. So interesting take on like the whole sort of, uh, you know, again, yeah, finger quote this one is the devil made me do it. But still, it right. fits into the, it, I think it fits the theme nicely and it, and it fits in with the other films we've picked quite nicely. I'm glad that we're talking about this rather than, you know, the ninth gate or bless a child or, you know, there was a bunch of them we could have picked. But I, right. I feel like this is a movie that a lot, a lot of people maybe haven't seen and maybe should see. I mean, it's it's quite good. The acting's top. Uh, there's some there's some things like some questions that aren't quite answered or or they don't satisfy me. But again, not like to where it's made me like fuck this movie. Right. The movie's quite good. Right. Um, we don't, talking about Shan. Obviously, Heath is no longer with us, and so you, you we're not fortunate enough to have new movies to look forward to. But you know, as we just discussed, me more than you, I've seen a lot of his work, but that still leaves a whole bunch of previous work that you can check out from him. But Peter Weller is Peter Weller. He's got a massive catalog to pull from. <laughs> right. and, and, you know, everything time he shows up something, even on, I love, by the way, I love how he's taken on that kind of role where he has no problem being that guy now. On Sons, he's kind of a dick bag on that too. He's a dirty cop on that. And, and he's just, I don't know, he just, Weller elevates everything that he's in. Yeah, man. And he makes everything more enjoyable. I have to say though, a lot of times though, when when there's a standout performance in there or a guy who I, whose work I really love, whether, I don't know, just a guy, I mean, male or female, if I'm not into the movie, I'm like, hey, where's, why can't that guy come back? Where's that guy? I didn't do that with this. The movie was so interesting and uh, enjoyable yeah. that I wasn't like, and so when he came back around, I'm like, oh, there's Peter Weller again. I keep forgetting he's in this. <laughs> That's good filmmaking too. And right. we talked before about, about Haglund's kind of like is a mixed bag because if you watch Payback, the theatrical version versus the director's cut, vastly different movies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And when I say vastly, vastly different, I also mean one's enjoyable and the other one's not. One of them is really hard to watch, and it's and it's got it's full of holes. Like we talked about during that time, where movies were just being released with holes because egg tested poorly in Chatsworth, and so they changed sure. it. So and it, like, it seems like the, it seems like one version was directed by Mel's hairdresser. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm not going to say which one. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How could I not remember that Mark Addy was in the full Monty, dude? I that's don't know, the, my, dude. Because I mean, that's, that's, Mark that's, Addy, but. that is literally our introduction to him, is it not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, across the board, this movie super fun. If you haven't seen it, you, you're looking for something else moody for October. You know, you want to watch something, you know, that takes you down a path and definitely is a vibe. You know, check out The Order, man. I, I thought it was fun. I mean, again, saw it yeah. 20 years ago. Barely remember most of it, but I enjoyed the shit out of it. So two down? Two to go. The next one I have not seen before, 100%. Like I said, we during Stigmata, I have the uh, second and third movie I have not seen before. So it's going to be interesting to finally get to that. It's been on a list for the longest time. Yeah. And uh, it's got a couple of people in there that have done some really good work in this space. So it's going to be fun to kind of get into it and check her out. Yeah. You know what's wild about this month? I don't know if it's the same for you, but I can't wait to get to the next movie. Like I, yeah. I didn't want to, but I didn't want to watch the next movie until we had talked about this. Okay. And I have to say this too. Like when we got done recording Stigmata, Stigmata I'm like going, okay, you want to do this, this early? Like, yeah. And we were both ready to jump into it yeah, right totally. away. And it, initially, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, let's get ahead of it so I can stay ahead of it. And get everything out on time without any kind of issues because it's postseason now. <laughs> so right. it's crazy busy. I was like, I, but I wanted to get right to it. Yeah. And not because I, and for these two, this movie and the next one I've never seen before. So I was anxious to kind of get to them. But Stigmata was a great setup. And I'm glad we kind of jumbled things around and started with that because it's definitely made me more excited about the rest of the movie. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. The and you know what? I have a feeling that when we're all done with the series, that kickstart after the final episode is going to be us talking about you know other movies that fit in that vein. That's yeah, we should we should we should bang out a we should just bang out a list real quick because there there are so yeah. damn many. It's like it's 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 almost ridiculous how many there are. It's one of those things that I, I've never we we've always kind of like talked about on the sly of when we ended a month that first kickstart afterwards we we're going to kind of round out the the theme for the month and just say, here's some other wrecks that kind of fit in that right. vein. And we've been inconsistent about that because it, it's just, we always, we play so loose on Mondays. So yeah, right. whatever. Yeah, exactly. We don't rehearse. <laughs> right. We don't rehearse shit, damn it. Anyway, we try not to live by a template. So it's, the only template really is that we have music at the beginning and Sure, and we sign end. in, we sign out. <laughs> We introduce ourselves and we say goodbye. And goodbye. All right. Cool. I hope you all keep continue to enjoy this. And you know what? For those of you that are that are on Patreon, please just put some other recommendations in there. So some things that we can mention when we get to that closing kickstart for the month. And we can kind of say Yeah, man, hey, let us know some- what your favorite devil made me do it yeah. movie is. Yeah. And also this would be a good place for certain people to like give us our two cents, damn it. Yeah. Mario, come on. You too, buddy. Mario, dude, come on. Talk about Mr. Inactive on Patreon. Well, he does text me. I mean, he is, he's still listening. He does listen to Kickstarter and stuff, you know? So, I mean, I know he's, uh, you know, because he'll, he brings stuff up all the time. He'll DM me once in a while. Um, but if you want to follow us on the socials, it's at Karate Pod on Twitter, Letterboxd, and Insta. On Insta, you can follow Corey at Culprit97. And on Letterboxd, it's Corey underscore Culp. If you like to follow me, you can follow me at Freddie Waff on your Instagram. No, that's wrong. You can follow me. <laughs> you can follow me at Rock and Rolla33 on your Instagram. Or you can follow me as Dr. Thomas Garrett. No, that's Father Thomas Garrett at Letterboxd.com. <laughs> sure? Father Thomas Garrett. Father Thomas Garrett. Damn it. Or Driscoll. You say so. Yeah.